As a child, Jelani Day was witness to a specific human behavior that helped shape him as a person. Jelani's childhood friend Paul struggled with a speech impediment that opened him up to bullying from other children. Even as a kid, Jelani knew treating Paul like the other children was wrong. He became good friends with Paul and stood up for him when other kids would try to tease him. This, in turn, helped shape Jelani's future. He would become someone others could look to for support. He was selfless and wanted to help in any way he could. So where was the help when he needed it? I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Jelani Jesse Javante Day was born on June 15, 1996, in Danville, Illinois. He was one of five children born to Carmen and Savay Day. After graduating high school, Jelani attended undergrad at the University of Alabama in A&M. He became a member of an on-campus Greek fraternity. He ran track and field and was an avid swimmer. He finished at the top of his class in almost everything. And what's more touching is the field he chose to study, speech pathology. He attended grad school a little closer to home, attending Illinois State University and was accepted to a very rigorous program, but he still excelled and seemed to embrace the challenge. Jelani's witness of injustice as a small child impacted him throughout his life. He even chose a career to improve in areas where he saw needed it. He was determined to make a difference. When Savay Day, his father was struggling with cancer and needed a bone marrow transplant, Jelani stepped up, got tested, and found out that he was the only match among his siblings. And when he was needed, he showed up, donating, helping, and supporting any way he could. He was the life of the family, according to his mother, and always the loudest laugh in the room. He called her numerous times throughout the day just to check in. He would steal her phone and leave messages or pictures for her to find later, just hoping to make her smile. Jelani is one of the best things that God blessed me with. Jelani was the life of his siblings and me. Jelani was smart, he's driven, he's outspoken. Jelani, Jelani is everything to me. Jelani was an amazing human being who was important to the world, but that wasn't how it appeared to Carmen Day when her son went missing. She woke up every day wondering why no one was looking for her son. She turned on the TV, and there, plastered everywhere on every channel, was the face of a missing girl who had not been seen in two weeks. Every day, there were new updates, developments, and searches across state lines and involved multiple agencies. There were dogs, helicopters, volunteers, news coverage after news coverage. And I got mad. I was angry because I'm over here and I'm calling the detective and I'm having to sit down and make my own video. And so, but I seen her on the news. I seen her on social media. I seen her everywhere. And nobody was talking about Jelani, and Jelani was missing.
On August 24, 2021, 25-year-old Jelani was set to meet with his professor for some medical procedures that he had to have done as per the school's program. Now, just for reference, because it gets a little confusing later, Jelani was living in an off-campus apartment in the town of Bloomington, Illinois, where the school is located. His family is still in Danville, just an hour east of him. So after he missed the meeting with his advisor, she was worried, but not alarmed. She figured that she would just check in with him that afternoon. However, Jelani failed to show up, and that is when she first became concerned. This being grad school and a very hard program to get into, it was very unusual for a student to miss class. So she calls campus police and asks them to check up on him. She knew it was never like Jelani to miss a meeting or an appointment, and there's no way he would do that without first talking to his professor or someone to let them know that something had changed. Eventually, the professor called the police and asked for a well check. On the morning of the 25th, Carmen Bolden Day, Jelani's mother, received a call from her oldest son. He was saying the cops were at home looking for Jelani. He had not been seen or heard from since Monday. Carmen, who usually speaks with her son every day, thought there's no way that's possible. But upon checking her phone, she realized that she hadn't spoken to him since Monday night. It's now Wednesday morning and no one has heard from him. He is reported missing just hours later after his family is unable to locate him. His brother accompanied the police to Jelani's apartment and nothing was missing besides his car. Eventually, it is discovered that he is last seen entering the Beyond Hello Cannabis Dispensary at 1515 North Veterans Parkway in Bloomington. A security camera image places him there at about 9.15 a.m. Authorities later released a security camera image of Day at 7.20 a.m. at ISU's Bone Student Center. So he arrived early on that morning. He was due to meet with his advisor and professor. He was dressed in a blue button-up with black slacks, dress shoes, and socks. Then, after missing the meeting, he is seen in different clothes at a dispensary. He was wearing a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt, gym shorts, and a blue Detroit Lions ball cap. He was captured on camera entering and leaving this location with his car seen in the parking lot. On the 26th, Jelani's white 2010 Chrysler 300 is found in a wooded area in Peru, which is a town about 60 miles north of Bloomington. The clothing he was seen wearing on the security footage was also found inside the car. The area it was found was tucked away and not very easy to find. It was at the back of a parking lot behind a YMCA. The car was driven onto a dirt track that ended just inside the tree line. The license plates had been removed. The next day, a public announcement is made about the discovery that asks the public for assistance. A small search is done in the immediate area, but turns up nothing. Carmen is getting fed up and feeling like her son's disappearance is not being taken seriously. So she begins to conduct and coordinate her own searches. She hires her own investigators and offers her own reward. They were not looking for him. The detective from Bloomington called me that first weekend. Jelani was reported missing on that Wednesday. That Friday, he said to me on the phone, Carmen, it was 4.30, I'm getting off of work. And if I don't get anything over the weekend, I won't be back in, I'll contact you on Monday. I'm supposed to stop? Cause you gotta go home? Who else is working? Why do I have to do this by myself? So I sat there and I listened to him and I instantly, I can't sit here and wait till Monday to hear from you. 
I had to do what I, the first thing I knew how to do was, like, I gotta form my own search. So that's what I did. I put out uh, a post on social media and said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I need y'all to help me. Me and my kids and my family, we're going to Peru and this is what we're gonna do. And I need whoever can to join us because I gotta find Jelani. And I knew Jelani would want me to look for him. He knew I would be looking for him. Links to social media pages and a GoFundMe for Jelani can be found below the description of this episode. Over the next couple of days, Jelani's wallet is found. It was just east of his car in LaSalle, Illinois. So now three different police departments are involved. That's Bloomington, where he disappeared from, Peru, where his car was found, and now LaSalle, where his wallet is recovered in some bushes. All of the discoveries and information don't seem to add up to Jelani taking his own life. But this was the attitude of the department, even with the family's consistent protest. Saturday, September 4th, after receiving a tip, authorities conducted a search which resulted in the discovery of a body just off the south bank of the Illinois River, east of the Illinois 251 bridge in LaSalle County. Police couldn't release information on the informant, though. Officials also said it could take weeks to identify the body. But on September 23rd, police confirmed during a press conference that the body found floating in the river in LaSalle, Illinois, was that of Jelani Day. He was found only a mile from where his car had been discovered. His clothes, which were different from either of the outfits that he'd been seen in, were removed and laying on the riverbank. He had been found in just his underwear and a t-shirt. His cause of death is officially listed as drowning. His matter of death is considered undetermined at this time. Though there were no obvious signs of foul play, or at least ones that could be confirmed by forensics, the manner in which Jelani went missing is, in itself, strong evidence that something suspicious happened. This is why it's so confusing as to why the police are acting as if Jelani had killed himself. They attempted to call the case a suicide and close it. But Carmen Day and her family decided that they were not done. The family, surrounded by hundreds of supporters, marched and demanded justice for Jelani in an effort to get the FBI to take over the case since they were being ignored by local agencies. They didn't do their job. None of this makes sense. So I need you to see it for yourself. See it for yourself. See None it for of this makes sense. Why would my son come anywhere where his clothes would, even if his clothes floated to this area, why would he come down here and even take his clothes off? See this for yourself, it doesn't make sense. You just came from an area where his car was parked. This is the area where his clothing was found. Two miles away. And his body was found up the river, See it for or down the river. See it, See it for yourself. And understand why I'm asking for the Illinois Attorney General. Understand why I'm asking for the FBI. Understand why I'm asking for the Department of Justice. Understand why I'm saying that Bloomington and Peru and LaSalle and the sheriff's office and everybody that was down here on September 4th did not do their job. See it for yourself. I wanted you all to see it for yourself on today. That's what today was all about. See it for yourself. That corner came out with a with that autopsy thing yesterday that said that Jelani, his cause of death was drowning and there was no trauma to his body. They no foul play was suspected, but they want us to believe that that area down there where his car was found and he put it there, that area where his clothes were found and he took his clothes off, that river.
he would have did none of this to himself. None of this. See it for yourself. See it for yourself. See it for yourself. See it for yourself. In November of 2021, the Day family finally got some answers. Not all the answers they were looking for, but some. As of November 15, 2021, the LaSalle County Sheriff's Department confirmed that Jelani's phone had been located and is being sent for forensic analysis. They said that the phone has been forwarded to the FBI for further forensic testing. The Day family is hoping this new development will lead to a break in Jelani's case, as it should uncover what his movements were just before his death. The phone was again discovered in a very odd circumstance, just like everything else so far in this case. A man driving down the road with a mattress on his truck had to pull over when the mattress fell off. While he was securing the mattress, he happened to find a busted up cell phone on the side of the road. He then took it to a Walmart and turned it into a kiosk, receiving $80 for the broken device. The man claimed to have no idea whose phone it was at the time, also, oddly enough, the phone had been in the police's custody for three weeks before the family became aware of it. Jelani's case has in recent days picked up a lot of support from all over the nation, but it still has a lot of questions that need to be investigated. Why would Jelani hide his own car? Why would he remove the plates? Where would he put them? Why would he go so far away to a place he had never been to? Why would he remove some of his clothes and get in the water? Why drop your stuff in the bushes and scatter your personal items? It just doesn't make sense. I've also noticed a lot of misinformation surrounding this case and organ harvesting. But even Carmen herself has said that this is all lies. He was not a victim of organ harvesting and any information regarding it is simply false. This case is still unraveling and we are sure to learn more about it in the near future. And we will be here to update you with any new developments. That is some powerful audio right there. Mm -hmm. Every time I've listened to that clip, which I've listened to it multiple times in <laughs> editing now, but every time I've listened to it, it's nearly brought me to tears. The first few times it absolutely did. Mm -hmm. Just as a parent, I don't know how you can't relate to that. Yeah. It's like you you can hear the passion in her voice. Like she will literally do anything. She just wants people to pay attention. Mm -hmm. They should have paid attention before. Yeah. Jelani might be here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, but here, my my issue with this case, you know, at this point of the show, usually we're supposed to give some type of guess as to what happened. Um, but honestly, I don't have one. Like the, I feel like we're so early on in this case. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised there was enough information to have an old episode about this right now because there is so little information out yeah. there on this case, right? Yep. I mean, do you have any ideas or any, is there any clues or any piece of evidence that makes you lean towards one thing? I mean, 
obviously you have to think foul play here just because all this shit is spread out everywhere. Yeah. I think that because of the phone very recently being discovered, we're about to find, there's about to be big news. Like, I think we're going to find something out. Yes. Because I do not think, I personally do not think that this appears to be a suicide. To me. No. I'm like, he just, it just don't, nothing points to that. And, um, I think that the phone's hopefully going to help get some answers, but I have no clue. Like when I think about it, it has to be something extremely random or he was extremely good at keeping a second life really private. Right. Because there's no evidence of it. So if they come out and they're like, oh, it was, you know, something Mm -hmm. totally different. We're like. But you're talking about someone who wasn't, wasn't really the aloof. Like he wasn't a hermit. Like he interacted with people all the time, Mm -hmm. including his family. I mean, he talked to them almost every day. Exactly. So there's no way that, that this is going to be something like that. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be just something random that happened that maybe he, he was like carjacked you know what i'm saying yes, or something like absolutely. that and that and would explain the plates to being me that place. does that makes the most sense yeah. that maybe when he came out of that dispensary somebody targeted him possibly targeted him somebody. right that's but, a possibility yeah because they never found the plates yeah right but i'm very confused as to why he so suddenly changed like what do you mean from like he went to school in the morning and then something had to have happened there See, for and him then, to and he what? Just left. He skipped class. He left. He went yeah. to the dispensary. Like that was all out of character. Maybe he needed a mental break. You know. Maybe. That's, I mean, you don't want to go to the dispensary wearing your suit, looking like a working stiff. No. You know, you, you put on your <laughs> Jimi Hendrix shirt and you go to the dispensary. But still, like I said, like missing class and that, yeah. like and being on campus, coming to campus and mm-hmm. then leaving before you go to class or go to the meeting or whatever, like. I don't know. It just it seems like very strange behavior. So maybe something was happening with him. I don't know. It's so Interesting. weird. Yeah, it, it, it's it's almost impossible to speculate at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm seriously such gonna little information. Yeah, we definitely got to keep our ears to the ground on this one and figure out what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And I think more is about to unfold with this Absolutely. phone. Absolutely. The the FBI does have the phone, right? The FBI. Yeah, is in possession of the phone over now. As far as I know. So who knows how long that could take, yeah. though? Especially yes. since they have a body now. So now they know they're just yeah. working on a, exactly. a justice type crime. And that's the whole point of this, because you know, trying to get the name out there and put the pressure on. Do you think he could have been found alive? Possibly. You think? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Because I mean, if they had put out. The information about him being missing, I mean, she reported him within the day, you know what I'm saying? That's what makes it so heartbreaking. But, I mean, how serious do they take that, though, with him being an adult? I know, exactly. You know, I mean, like we've said that tons of times on this show. Yep. You know, it's uh, it doesn't make any difference to a parent. Obviously, your child is always your child, but Mm -hmm. to the police department, they say, okay, this this person's missing, but they're 24. You know, it's like, what can they do? Um, but yeah, so I wish I could, I wish I could give you guys some type of guess or something, but, um, it definitely seems like something was off that day. Mm -hmm. Jelani may have been 
like I said, maybe he just needed a mental break. He needed something different, and that in itself put him in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. It just happenstance. A carjacker does make sense, though. The fact that they could have used his car for a little bit, or maybe they just wanted the plates. Yeah. Who knows? No clue. Like, nothing makes sense. Who knows? All right. Well, we weren't much help. So (laughs) I guess we'll check in with Lauren this week and uh, see what he thinks happened to Jelani in this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The mysterious death of Jelani Day, a 25-year-old graduate student from Illinois State University who went on to grad school working through his master's degree in speech pathology and wanted to be a doctor. He was well-loved, well-respected, um, a mama's boy. He had many siblings. I believe he had four or five siblings, um, beloved by his brothers and sisters. Um, just a, a, a bright young man with a bright future ahead of him. And it's the most one of the more bizarre um, disappearances slash deaths, um, honestly possible murder, likely murder in my opinion, even though um, it's kind of been loosely ruled a suicide, and the family is very unsatisfied with that conclusion. Um, but it's just so many bizarre details about this. Uh, he was not known to take off and not go to class on the 24th of August, 2021. He was supposed to be at class uh, midday, I want to say like 1 p.m., and he was seen on camera uh, at a dispensary a few hours before that at like 9 a.m., I believe. He had been seen earlier at the school before that. Um, he had changed between the time that he was seen at school and the time he was seen at the dispensary. Not weird to me. He was wearing nice dress clothes at school and then changed into street clothes between classes. I think he had a nice big gap between class, it sounds like. Um, but he was seen in Bloomington where he where he resided at this dispensary and then not seen alive after that. Um, and he was a mama's boy, as I mentioned, and would had constant contact with his mom, constantly calling and texting her. So when she didn't hear from him, um, the next day, she reported him missing on the 25th of August, um, and the investigation kind of gets started, and there's been a lot of, um, you know, ongoing back and forth uh, between Jelani's family and the police because they seem to not take it as seriously as they should, which is something we talk about so often. Jelani's mother, Carmen, mentioned that early on, after reporting her son missing, um, the, the lead investigator told her that he was going to be gone for the weekend and that he would touch base with her on Monday if he'd heard anything. That seems to not be enough. Like there's got to be, she mentioned that there's got to be other policemen working that can continue the investigation over the weekend. This is pivotal. The time, the first few days that someone goes missing and we see it later when he's found, you know, how much that time costed, uh, the investigation as far as, you know, the autopsy was difficult to deal with because he'd been in the water for 11 days. Now, had they found the car earlier, um, and, and scoured the area near the car, they may have found him sooner than they did. And they would have had more evidence to work with as far as his, uh, autopsy report. Now I kind of jumped ahead. So yeah, his car would be found on August 26th, two days after he disappeared. 
in a wooded area in Peru, Illinois, which is bizarre. It's 60 miles north of Bloomington where Jelani lived, and he was not known to ever go to Peru. His mother was baffled by the fact that that was where his car was found, and that to her proved that he was brought there against his will. He, she said, you know, there's no reason for him to ever go to Peru, especially to this weird wooded area. And the fact that his car's license plates were removed, very bizarre and screams foul play to me. If this is a suicide, as some of the authorities are trying to claim, that that behavior makes no sense. If you're about to kill yourself, why are you removing your license plates and making it harder for, you know, your car to be identified or whatever? It's, it's makes no sense to me. Um, and it would be another a week or so before Jelani's body would be found. It would be found in a river roughly a mile from where his car had been found um, in Peru, Illinois. And there was a bridge that supposedly he either jumped off or was thrown off of. Um, and he would his body would be uh, identified two weeks, almost three weeks later, 20 days later, which also drove his family nuts. It, um, you know, they were desperate to know. His mother was providing everything, dental records, everything she could provide to try and get an answer as to whether this was her baby or not. Um, and unfortunately it was, um, so many odd details about, uh, his body being found the car. He was wearing, uh, apparently a t-shirt, um, and underwear with a black sweatshirt tied around his waist at the time of the autopsy. So that's how he went into the water. However, his wallet and many other items were found later in different areas off the side of highways. Um, there's so many mixed, stories about his his other belongings like his cell phone and his wallet were found in different locations um there's multiple stories about people finding his cell phone different groups of people um a lot of that is just bizarre and to me once again goes against suicide and it's to me also it's just a un, unlikely way for someone to commit suicide even if you don't believe i know we don't know every what's going on in everyone's head and the family you know swears that he wasn't suicidal that he would never do something like that we don't know what's going on in someone's head. So I'm never willing to like completely rule out suicide, but the details of this say not suicide to me. Like he was a strong swimmer. It wasn't like the, if he jumped off this bridge, it was not a fall enough, a far enough fall to die on impact. He would have known that. So you, you jump off with a sweatshirt around your waist and you like drown yourself intentionally because he was, he was on a swim team at one point, I think in high school and was a strong swimmer. So that's just not how, there's a very, very low percentage of people that commit suicide that way, like intentionally drowning without, uh, you know, people jump off the Golden Gate Bridge and things like that, but they know that the impact 99 out of a hundred times is going to kill them. And you're not, you know, you're going to be knocked out and you won't live through the actual drowning aspect of it. it makes no sense to me. Um, it's been widely discussed that race was a factor in this case. Jelani was a young black man, um, and the areas in Illinois that he was uh, living and also where his body was found are uh, majority white, to say the least. Um, so there's been uh, new people that have come into the fold um, to cry that this was a hate crime, and um, it's been there's been also comparisons drawn between the investigation uh, into Gabby Petito's disappearance, which uh, happened about the same time as Jelani's disappearance and how much coverage she got. And there's definitely an argument to be made there that you know, our media and our country and justice system just in general seem to definitely put more weight into the disappearance of a young white girl than they do a young black man, even though he was a scholar student and lo beloved by everyone. And like, what more could you ask for from a young man than what Jelani was by all accounts. So why was Gabby Petito getting 
coverage on every single channel, getting the FBI involved immediately when uh, Jelani's families had to beg for the FBI to get involved because the local investigators were, in their opinion, doing a, a poor job and didn't seem to put much urgency into Jelani's case. So I think they definitely have some um, some good points on that aspect of it. And as far as race being uh, playing a role in his death, I, you can't rule it out. I can't say there's any evidence to point in that direction aside from a thesis of it being a white area and him being a young black man. Um, I think it's just as likely that he was robbed at gunpoint um, and his car was dumped and, you know, he had been at a dispensary. It's possible maybe someone saw him go in there and wanted the weed that he bought or whatever he had purchased there and followed him um, at gunpoint. And I, I, the weird thing is that he was also, as far as his death and the autopsy, is that there was no signs of trauma. There was no gunshot wound. There was no um, – basically, they had to rule it a, a drowning. They ruled out every other cause of death. So if someone did rob him and dump him off the bridge, what did they – knock him unconscious first? Did they strangle him? But uh, usually there's a sign of the trachea being damaged or, you know, the little bone in your, in your neck that gets broken typically with a strangling death. So I don't know. I, I think it's possible he was, he was knocked out and then thrown off the bridge and that's how he drowned. But uh, I can't say for certain. Um, can't rule out race as a, a means because of, you know, there's always the possibility of racism for sure. Um, but there's once again, zero, in, zero evidence so far that I'm aware of that it says that it was a, a hate crime. It's, it's just as likely a random robbery, um, and someone trying to get rid of the evidence. Um, I don't know. Hopefully we get an answer on this. Hopefully the FBI is able to find answers either in his phone. I know this, the screen was smashed and, and things like that. Um, hopefully something ar arrives, you know, it comes around, hopefully, uh, maybe they'll find some kind of a surveillance footage somewhere in the area and connect a, a perpetrator to this. I'd like to know. So for sure, they, this family deserves justice. They deserve to know uh, more answers. They deserve uh, a better investigation, uh, you know, it sounds like, than what they got and more attention, more media attention on this case. So hopefully, I think some stuff will come to light over the next year for sure. It's, it's still ongoing, like I said. Um, but there's just too much, there's too much scattered evidence for there not to be some ties to that stuff, like the phone and the wallet and all that. I think something's going to come to light. Uh, maybe some surveillance footage will emerge. Um, something will come about. So yeah, that's my thoughts. It's definitely a tragic death and hopefully the family gets more answers. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts. See you next week. All right, Lauren, thank you for that synopsis as always. Um, guys, like I said, we will try to our best to keep you updated on this Jelani Day case. Um, a great way to, to stay updated is uh, Strange Shorts, which we release every Monday on patreon.com slash SNU podcast, and every fourth episode will be released on the free platform. Um, we use that show for a couple of things. One, to talk about current stories and true crime. And then two, to also uh, revisit cases that we've already covered and give you guys updates, new information, things like that. But again, that's patreon.com slash podcast. And I want to give a shout out to a few new patrons that have joined in the last week. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Mickey House, uh, also Nelson Reagan, Cyan Coburn-Nicole, Lauren Hamill, Gabrielle, and Jordan. Thank you guys so much. All jumping on at the $5 tier so you guys will get access to all of the Sandu Stories catalog. 
Um, if you're unfamiliar with that, it is uh, a, a show that we do here on Strange and Unexplained where we try to create audio theater, if you will. It's like listening to a uh, a audiobook with actors and background sounds, and uh, it's like ASMR meets what-if true crime stories. That's the best way I can describe it. And like I said, in addition to Sandu stories, you'll also get access to Strange Shorts, which I do with my friend Andy every single Monday. All right? Uh, but if you can't join Patreon, guys, no big deal. Uh, there's also a link uh, below the description, by the way. But no big deal. If you could, just like, follow, uh, subscribe, rate. You know, if you're listening on Spotify, you can rate podcasts now. So if you could, just jump up there where you hit follow and uh, hit five stars for me. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, and if you leave a review, I'll give you a shout on the show. Just like the Queen Bee 73. She says, uh, left a five-star review and says, Michael and Lauren are the best. Finished up True Crime Guys podcast, so wanted more. Now listening to Strange and Unexplained. I'm hooked. You guys rock. You make all the stories interesting. I love crime podcasts, and your shows are on a higher level. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Thank you very much, Queen Bee. You appreciate that. And guys, leaving a review also helps other listeners figure out what this show is about. And also, if you leave a review that really encapsulates the show, uh, I may use it in a promo for this very show. I'm actually looking for that. So if you think you know exactly how to describe Strange and Unexplained, leave it in a review. I'll give you a shout, and uh, I'll send you something else, maybe some merch or something if I pick your review uh, for the show promo. All right, guys? Well, I think that's about it. There's links to everything, including sources that I use for this episode, as well as links to GoFundMes and social medias uh, to support this case right there below the description. All right, guys? Well, until next time, you guys keep being strange, and uh, just don't be strangers, okay? See ya. You hush your mouth, boy.